And of course, one of the big breaking stories of the day for Cobram Estate Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil, that the passing of one of the greats of West Australian football uh, in Austin Robertson Jr. Of course, one of WA's greatest full forwards, played 269 games for Subiaco, played that season for his dad's club, South Melbourne, in the old VFL in the 1960s and 70s and was concussed five times during his Aussie rules career. And as we've mentioned, uh, reckons uh, now that he's passed on, will donate his brain to science uh, and look for CTC as a result of repeated head trauma. Uh, Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. Time now to chat with mates, and you can make the switch to mate internet and mobile phone. He's a mate of ours. Josh Dorr from the Nine Network in Melbourne joins us on the program now. Hello, Josh. <laughs> G'day, Pete. How are you? Good, thanks. Uh, a bit happening. We thought you'd get you on just to sort of recap what's happening in Melbourne uh, as we head towards the final round of the AFL home and away season. And uh, the big story today, no doubt, is Simon Goodwin. He's been uh, locked away, the Melbourne Premiership coach, until the end of 2026, uh, which is a pretty strong uh, show of faith on the eve of the finals by the Melbourne decision makers. Yeah, absolutely it is. And, um, you know, a, a great reward, I guess, first and foremost for Melbourne locking in a, a third straight top four berth. But, yeah, still contracted uh, until the end of next year. But the Demons have um, rewarded that with a further two years. So locked into the top job for, for three now. And it's been a really interesting year for, for Goodwin on a on a personal front. Obviously, um, you know, Melbourne have had a another really strong season. And, um, you know, if, 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 I guess if the way things play out, um, we'll, we'll probably most likely play Collingwood in that first week of finals and what a what a match that will be. But, I mean, just in the last, you know, couple of weeks, um, there's been an ongoing court battle uh, between Melbourne and its former president, Glenn Bartlett, a really ugly dispute over his departure. And um, there were more allegations that, that resurfaced really about um, Simon Goodwin's behaviour off the back of... Um, uh, Glenn Bartlett's fiance raising this through court documents. So, really pretty heavy stuff about um, alleged drug use and gambling, all, all of which the Goodwin has um, denied refutely over the last couple of years. But you know, to be brought up again was was pretty taxing time. So, I think the timing of this is was really important for the club to, yeah, you know, obviously reward him for what has been a, a, to this stage, I guess, another successful season, but also. Um, you know, I guess show the, the faith and the love and support that uh, current president, um, you know, Gary Pert and, and, and CEO Kate Roffey and, and the likes here have uh, have really endorsed with him. So they've got a big finals tilt ahead and a few interesting, I guess, discussions and selection-wise. We know Brody Grundy was dropped again. It looks like his time at Melbourne's all but up, but um, they've got a pretty much the perfect side ready to try to attack September. They've got one more game against the Swans um, on Sunday in Sydney, which will be another one that will shape the top eight. But um, obviously, that, that bid for a second premiership for, for Goodwin and the Demons has given a, a little nice boost with that contract news today. Yeah, and it looks like also the fact now with his two-year deal that, you know, Simon Goodwin could become Melbourne's fourth coach to reach 200 games alongside some big names, you know, Norm Smith, Frank Hughes and, and Neil Danaher. So congratulations to him. What's the latest at Collingwood regarding their uh, unfortunate growing list of injuries on the eve of what looked like to be a very exciting finals campaign, but they've just slid away a fraction, headed, of course, by Nick Dacos, who's desperately trying to come back before time. Yeah, so I guess in contrast to Melbourne, Pete Collingwood are sort of, you know, falling out of form at the wrong time of year and the injuries haven't helped. So 
Uh, you mentioned Nick Dacos. He's he's still a couple of weeks away, and you know maybe at earliest might be ready for a, a semi final if if things don't go well for Collingwood in the first week of finals. Uh, Darcy Moore is is good to go, and and I mean Craig McRae even admitted today if they were playing a final this weekend, they'd probably they'd probably push him back. So he'll be good to go for the first final. But it's it's a few of those other guys around the fringes. So Nathan Murphy. Um, he'll miss Friday night's final game against Essendon. He's had um, a back issue and he's been carrying some some bumps and bruises along the way the last couple of weeks. So they'll put him on ice for the first final. Um, they do get Jordan Degoe, though, back. And, and Bobby Hill has also been given the green light to return. So a bit of mixed news on the injury front. But um, Ash Johnson, another uh, forward who's been you know toiling away in the VFL for the last couple of weeks, but obviously has proven at AFL level, he went down at training again today. So... Things are just going uh, pear-shaped a little bit at the wrong time. And yeah, there's a fair bit of pressure now on Craig McRae. They've, they've been the number one uh, uh, team throughout the whole season and, and held on to that top spot for a long, long time. But, you know, some question marks starting to creep in now, I guess, about, um, you know, their hunger and, and, and their intensity over the last couple of weeks. It's been off and we know they've been conceding some really big scores, which is not what they've done throughout this part of the year. So um, you don't want to be limping sort of towards finals or waiting for finals to arrive to, to try to find that intensity and, and, you know, no doubt they're still going to be a threat. But um, I think, you know, Craig McRae would certainly be hoping for one big, uh, huge performance against the Bombers who themselves will be smarting after that big defeat at the hands of the Giants. Their season's uh, essentially over. But, you know, one more big win, hopefully, with a couple of those guys back just to just to instill a little bit of confidence and a, and a little bit of, uh, I guess, the Conwood of old before they, before they hit that first week of finals. Tell us about the yarn surrounding Hawks youngster Finn McGuinness and tagging for Hawthorne. Tell us more. Yeah, he's been an interesting talking point the last couple of weeks over here, Pete. It's um, it's been a resurgence of the tagger really, and it's caught a, a few people by surprise and, and a few uh, people by interest. And he's we've had lockdown roles on Nick Dacos and, and Clayton Oliver over the last couple of weeks and, and done it really successfully. And he even ruffled Tom Goodwin's feathers over the weekend. Goodwin sort of hit back at him saying, "Oh, clearly he doesn't want the ball." Um, and, and Finn obviously isn't really playing that role at the moment for the Hawks. They've, they've got, I guess, the luxury at the moment where they are to, to be able to, I guess, use a guy in that um, in, a, in that area. You obviously give up a little bit when you when you go for the lockdown tag, but it's worked well for the Hawks in their little resurgence. And you know, it's, it's actually going to be interesting, I guess, to see whether other teams have taken note of that. Clayton Oliver only managed 14 touches over the weekend and, and was really frustrated by that tag and sort of, um, you know, got a bit distracted in the battle uh, from an individual point of view. So whether teams look at that this September and go, OK, maybe we've got, you know, a little chink in the armour potentially with the way Clayton's gone about things. But, um, yeah, it's, it's it's really interesting for the Hawks. They've, they've turned to it. Sam Mitchell's turned to it. Of course, he's uh, a player who um, himself back in the day was tagged heavily, so he knows what it takes. Um, so how long that can last for them, I guess, as they try to push for finals next year will be a very interesting watch. They obviously finished the season against Fremantle on Saturday and unfortunately I couldn't quite get uh, a tip from Finn as to who he'll be going to this weekend. Obviously a bit of a dead rubber, but <laughs> um, pride on the line to finish at the MCG. But um, yeah, he's been a really interesting talking point. And, and, and as I said, it'll be interesting to see against Nick Dacos or against Clayton Oliver how some of these finals teams might uh, might use some of the what he's success he's had to potentially find it themselves. Talking to Josh Dore, Channel 9 Melbourne sports reporter, bringing us up to date with the news in Melbourne. And finally, in the VFL, Richmond youngster Tyler Sonsi. Uh, tell you what, he's been let off lightly, uh, and I know a lot of footy figures have erupted uh, over there, suggesting how could this only now get a three-match suspension. Uh, last weekend against North Melbourne, reportedly he lashed out an opponent with a left-handed strike. 
He collected uh, the North Melbourne player on the jaw. He dropped to the ground. Uh, the player in uh, Tom Capillari did get up uh, back on his feet and took the kick, but the incident was nonetheless graded severe. Now, he's taken to the tribunal. I think he got a ban for five. The people thought it might be five or more matches. In the end, it's gone down to three. Had this happened in the AFL, they reckon the player could have been out for a couple of months. Yeah, it's a pretty confronting um, image, and, uh, and particularly at a time where you know we've been talking about um, some really horrible off-field incidents. I mean, this week we saw Jack Zabel, you know, assaulted at random at a pub after uh, his retirement game. So, you know, we don't want to be seeing these images at all. So, the VFL uh, of where this game was played is actually going to be challenging that decision. So, as you said, it was five games down to three because the the strike was downgraded in severity, but the VFL. Uh, not happy with accepting three weeks. So they'll be challenging that. And that'll be a hearing, which will be early next week on Monday, I believe. But yeah, just, I guess, another example of a bit of the lottery sometimes that uh, the match review, whether it be at AFL or VFL level, um, can sometimes come up with. I mean, cast your mind back earlier in the year and James Sisley, the Hawthorne skipper, was suspended for three weeks for, for a sling tackle. So I don't think it really marries up a punch in the face compared to a tackle um, getting the same result. So hopefully this will be sorted out and, and, and a strong message sent because it's not something we want to see in our game at all. Good on you, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Uh, a bit of story here about Liam Henry not accepting the Fremantle contract that's been put in front of him. Just check it out, uh, mate, at Carlton. I believe he's been offered a three-year deal down there at the Blues. And he's pretty keen maybe to uh, have a second AFL club on his resume. Check it out. Uh, Liam Henry, possibly from what I gather, three-year deal at the Carlton Footy Club, who are going okay, by the way. Thanks for joining us, Josh. Thanks, Pete. Good on you. Good on you. We'll take a break. Come back with more in a moment here on Sports Day WA.